and welcome to Stationary Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyford and joined as always by my friend and co-host, the Cypriot Stu Lennon. How are you today, Stu? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, Justin. I'm um, uh, sort of on the back of a very sunny day. We've had we've had quite a lot of rain this week, uh, but today was the sunny day. So uh, I took advantage, went out and played golf um, at my new course, or my oh. new old course. Uh, so I've I've walked, I think, 14 kilometers so far today. Uh, my um, activity app is, is looking at me strangely, going, are you sure? Have you attached the watch to the dog? Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm feeling fantastic right now, and I'm sure in about two hours I will crash. I was going to say, how are the legs doing? Yeah, after uh, 14 kilometers, zero to 14 kilometers. <laughs> well, they're okay, they're okay. But I'm playing again tomorrow, but I'm playing at the, the old course, so I'm um, from a buggy. So hopefully I'll be all right. Oh, you still are allowed to play there, even if you didn't pay? Uh, well, no, I have a month overlap. So I'm a member of two clubs for the month of February. Ah, so February is going to be a very unproductive month, except for your golf score. Well, hopefully productive for the golf and for the figure. Mm. Or counterproductive for the figure, I guess. <laughs> That's true. I don't want to have to send any more Huel gifts to you. Huel gifts? Well, remember that you were talking about that new f human fuel that you were. Mm hmm. And all I could think of was the guy from Breaking Bad, the big Huel. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got to say, Huel and I are, are temporarily at least falling out at the moment um, because I got, I got a phone call from uh, FedEx, who are their um, courier of choice, uh, which is normal because I'm out of area. The area for FedEx in Cyprus is. Uh, the limits of any city outside of it, no chance. So um, I, it annoys me, but fine, I, I, I sort of get used to it now. Um, uh, but then they call me and say, oh, there's duty to pay. Oh, I said, I'm sorry. I said, well, there wasn't duty to pay on the last one. Um, and I got the sort of verbal equivalent of a shrug. Um, and so I went back to Huel and I said, listen, guys, you're sticking me for FedEx delivery. Um, and the only way more expensive than, than FedEx is to actually hire a courier to bring it by hand. Um, and then you're not paying the duty. Um, and they sort of came back with a sort of weaselly sort of, oh, yeah, well, Cyprus, you know, Cyprus. And I went, well, Cyprus is in the EU. So if there's no duty payable to France or to Germany or to Spain, then there's none payable to Cyprus. That's the law. Well, it is Cyprus. Well, we're not sure it works like that. Okay. Take it from me. When it comes to this sort of European regulation, money stuff, I kind of know where I am, and it's against the law. And if it isn't against the law, or you're happy to accept it, great. But don't tick the box saying, I'm happy to accept it, because I'm not. Um so, yes, there was some growling. And then I spoke to a very nice, knowledgeable Cypriot at uh, FedEx who went, has to be under 150. Mm. If it's under 150, no duty. Mm. Thank you. So all I need to do now is spend less at Huel. Mm -hmm. So having thrown all of my toys out of the pram, called them 37 types of beep, I will now resubscribe. <laughs> 
<laughs> just just at a much smaller level. Although I'm hoping they're going to come back with some sort of peace offering on the on the shipping costs. That's my hope. Uh, you know what? They're going to ship you two hundred dollars worth of stuff, Stu, to make up for it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'll get hammered for the duty again. But uh, there we are. There, there was a tangent in the first two minutes. Well done, me. <laughs> hey, speaking of tangents, our tangent uh, last week uh, apparently was amusing to some of our listeners. Hi, Bob. Did you know that I was right? Realize should be with a I-Z-E ending. According to Grammarly, the eyes ending is actually newer. Yeah, Christ. This doesn't work. You know, this is, this is one of those problems of podcasting without a visual medium. The eyes ending, the I-S-E ending is actually newer than the I-Z-E ending. In Britain and other countries, it became popular after 1875 when it began appearing in news articles. However, the eyes, I-S-E ending didn't catch on in the United States or in the British science periodicals and professional journals. For that reason, you will see both verb endings in British literature. Oxford University Press, a British publisher, prefer to use the I's, I-Z-E ending for words that derive from the Greek suffix I-Z-O, I-Z-O. Doing so reflects the origins of verbs and nouns such as realization, organization, and privatization. An I's ending, I-S-E ending, could erroneously suggest that the verbs derive from the French verbs realizer, organizer, or privatizer, which apologies to anybody that speaks French and listen to that. That's not to say the Oxford style always condemns I-S-E endings. To illustrate, the I-S-E of televise doesn't have a Greek origin, so that ISE ending is a okay. Oof. Nonsense. Absolute poppycock, he said, self-censoring. <laughs> oh, come on. What do you what do you think? This was chat GPD chat chat GPD or something? Almost certainly, because it demonstrates a complete lack of understanding of how language works. To, to suggest that ISO, the Greek suffix, is why people would use Z is just wrong. It's just not right. I mean, English borrows heavily from all sorts of languages, um, uh, including French. And so if you take the French words uh, realiser, organiser, or privatiser. Absolutely. You said a lot better than I do. Sure. They would have um, been reflected in English, but and they've probably moved back and forth several times because that's how languages do things. And it's got nothing to do with the Greek suffix. I mean, pretty much all Romance languages come from Greek via Latin. So they've fed through a whole process of going from Greek to Latin to then Spanish, French, uh, Italian, etc., etc. Okay, the Germanic line is slightly different, but to say one came before the other is... <laughs> All that's happening, and hopefully Lisa's going to back me up on this, is that um, you you go back in, in the literature that you can find, you go back as far as you can, and you find the first time it um, uh, realised with an S is used, and you find the first time realised with a Z is used, and we go, okay, maybe that's right. But then there was this thing called the Dark Ages, which 
well, they were kind of dark, clues in the name. So at best, it's a guess. But anyway, it did it did open up this fantastic conversation with Bob about pet peeves. We we got into some great pet peeves. And um people listening to us probably listen to other podcasts. So they all know one of my favorite pet peeves, which is the generation after ours, Justin, mm. thinks that the reflexive is some sort of catch-all. So you hear, um, is that okay with yourself? What do you mean yourself? Do you mean, is that okay with you? Adding self doesn't make it more polite. It doesn't make it more meaningful. It just makes it wrong. <laughs> Yourself is a reflexive. Myself is a reflexive. I did it myself. That's a reflexive. But would a refund, would, would that be suitable for yourself? No, it would be suitable for you. <laughs> Uh, so Bob and I have now got a lively email exchange, which could run, I think, possibly to years. Um, and uh, there's probably some some references in there, Justin, that even you missed, because um, I I signed off my email. I don't know if I've done this to you before, but uh, Tinkety Tonk Old Fruit and Down With The Nazis. I don't know if you've heard that. No, I haven't. And I'm just thinking, oh, do I have to beep that one because I'm going to offend somebody? No, 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 no. This I'll, I'll tell you the background from it, where it comes from. Um, it was a uh, it was a sign off used by the Queen Mother, so um, <laughs> uh, Queen Elizabeth's mum was writing letters before and during the war, and she signed those letters "Tinkety Tonk" and "Down with the Nazis," or "Tinkety Tonk Gold Fruit" and "Down with the Nazis." <laughs> And that was picked up by uh, a very good podcast, um, which used to be a radio show on the BBC, BBC Radio 2, um, and it's Kermode and Mayo's film review. Um, and the BBC being the BBC, whenever it's got anything very successful, um, it immediately feels the urge to get rid of it. Hmm. Um, this has been a mystery for, for decades, but um, so they did. And so now it's gone private. Um, but it is still an excellent podcast and it has a whole series of running jokes um, and little references that, that sort of tip the hat to other, um, well, I'm going to say witteries. Um, but anyway, though, I, I won't get into it, but it's a really good podcast. Check it out. And uh, hello to Jason Isaacs. There we go. That's enough of that. What is your tool of the week, Justin? <laughs> I, well, I'm just sort of thinking, uh, I could honestly say Tinkety Tonk is something that has never actually come out of my mouth until just now. <laughs> so there we go. It is one of those things. I, I've got actually two things that were kind of related, but, um, you know, were really important this week. Uh, one of the things that Mrs. T and I have started doing this year, I put it in place over Christmas when we had some time off together, is date nights which, you know, most everybody in the world has already probably got something like this. But we have it in the calendar. We have two date nights a month. Uh, we have one that's on a weeknight and one that's on a weekend. And every other month we rotate and one of us will plan a date for that day. So last night, Wednesday night, as we're recording this, was our date night that I was responsible for. And... 
boy, did I have a lot of fun. Uh, I spent about a week uh, planning what I was going to do, what I was, uh, you know, how I was going to do this. It, it could be as simple as going out for a dinner, putting the phones down and spending some time together. Or it could be something much nicer. And I tell you what, we haven't put this on the schedule before. We're, we we get into the habits, right? Of just, you know, what, what do you want to do tonight? Oh, let's go out. Um, but this process of putting it on a schedule and planning it, I think part of the excitement was actually planning it. That was as much fun as going out on the date night itself. So if you don't do this, put it, put it in your calendar, sit down with your significant other, your partner, and see if you can come up and agree to even if just one one date night a, a, a month, um, you know, and and take turns. It just it makes one feel young again, Stu. No, oh, splendid. Right. What, what did you do? Something terribly exciting? Did you go mountain climbing or windsurfing? Or? Well, no, yesterday it snowed all day here because uh, I don't have the luxury of golf and sun and all that stuff. Uh, so I had uh, gone on. Okay. So here you go. Nerd, nerd stuff 101. Uh, Truckosaurus. Here we go again. Okay. Um, I had decided that I wanted to cook a nice dinner, but I wanted to cook a nice dinner with a view. So I spent some time going around the local lake looking for places that would likely have a view and finding out by Google Maps where there was likely parking, a place I've never been to before. Uh, and just, uh, you know, taking a look and seeing and saying, okay, there's a parking lot here. It looks right over the beach, uh, right over the lake. So that's what we did. We went out, uh, I drove the Truckosaurus down, set it all up. I've got a full stove. I've got an oven. Uh, I've got a microwave. Should I ever need such a thing? Uh, I'd done a bunch of prep. I'd, uh, gone and found some recipes that I wanted to try. I had gone out and pre-bought all the ingredients for it. I mean, way too much for one, for one evening. Uh, I had a bottle of wine chilled and we sat and we looked out over the lake and we watched the sunset come down and we just relaxed and had, you know, basically dinner in my second living room. Now it was, it was absolutely lovely. Um, splendid, no phones, no distractions, uh, Mrs. T took a book and she was reading while I was cooking. I, it was just, you know, so lovely to be somewhere beautiful, somewhere pretty, somewhere quiet, uh, you know, just in the middle of nowhere, down the end of a road that nobody else went to. There was no traffic. It's just kind of uh, something I found off the internet, a way to find places to park. And um, it's worked out really well a couple of times I've tried it. Very good. Well, I mean... Uh, here's for Truckosaurus and all the adventures that will follow. Yes, yes. I got to do something to justify what I paid for that silly thing. <laughs> Speaking of my, my other point this month, uh, we talked before Christmas and I had said one of the things I felt I really needed to do was organize a bit of a retreat to get away. And that was a factor in why we picked up Truckosaurus. And, uh, last weekend I, I did just that. I, uh, did the same thing that I just said. I, I went down and, uh, looked along some roads in the mountains, looked for pullouts, 
uh, found one uh, because again we're still dealing with winter here and uh, my almost six ton uh, rig is not going to go down a lot of off-road uh, snowy trails to get into the backwoods not this time of year anyway uh, I'm not going to be able to push that one out but I found a place to go I went after work uh, parked up there uh, it was so far away I had no cell phone signal I had a beautiful little thing on my phone that I've never seen before Stu it's a little picture of a satellite you know where normally it says 5g or LTE Mm -hmm. It's a little picture of a satellite and right next to it, it says SOS. So it tells me that, Hey, you're connected to this. You can connect to the satellite, but you can't actually connect to anything for internet. So I parked up, uh, I left work at four o'clock, uh, drove out there. I got there just before five, um, parked up, I cooked myself dinner, watched again, the sunset, listened to the owls, watched the eagles fly around. I watched the most amazing stars away uh, from, you know, we're, we're pretty remote here, but this was way remote. There's not a house for 20 minutes anywhere close to me. There's not a light for 20 minutes anywhere close to me, uh, down a bit of a dirt road for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. It was just amazing. And I got there. I, I had a couple of books. I had, uh, some notebooks. I had some pens. I had uh, just a fantastic time. I just sat there. I drank some tea. Um, I chilled. I made some dinner. It was absolutely fantastic. I slept that night for nine hours straight, which, you know, men of our age, a rare thing to do, Stu. I slept so well. Um, and it was just the perfect start of a retreat. I felt the tension from living and working at home in the same place just fade away. Um, you know, that the truck has a TV, it has a, a sound system that I can hook uh, and play my Bluetooth through. I didn't turn any of those on. I just sat and thought and wrote and chilled. I wrote a little bit more and read a little bit. Oh my God. It was absolutely fantastic. Well, it sounds idyllic or bucolique, as the French would say. Fantastic. Just get, getting away from it all. Are we going to argue about uh, how we spell that? <laughs> bucolique. Uh, it's pretty much as it sounds. B-U-C-O-L-I-C um, is the English version. And then Q-U-E if you want to be French about the whole thing. But um, no, it's, it sounds, you know, just gorgeous to be able to, to be, well, to be nowhere, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, you didn't have any bears knocking on the door saying, hey, you wouldn't happen to have some honey in there or any of that sort of stuff? They're all sleeping this time of year. And it was ah. interesting uh, because I was so far away from anything. It, it really is just in the woods. It's a road that goes through between two small towns. It's a dirt road that goes between two small towns, my town and another one that's about an hour away. And really it was, uh, this was a, where, where the, uh, to the, the, um, snow plows turned around. So that's why this area had actually been plowed and it was quiet. The road, because again, it's an unlit road. It's a dirt road. There were maybe 10 cars over the course of the night and the next day that drove past. Um, some of them that honked and waved as they were driving. That's how friendly everybody was, you know, just me parked on the side there. Uh, but there were no coyotes because here we get the coyotes. Uh, they come down and they're chasing after the food that, well, 
lives in the orchards and eats the orchard food. Uh, up there, there's really nothing. There was a lot of birds around, but there was nothing else. Uh, bears might be a thing. Uh, those are cattle guards, so who knows what kind of uh, wildlife there actually is up there. I'm assuming there's deer around, but uh, on the side of a mountain, not much of anything to wake me up in the middle of the night. Oh, it was just really, really fantastic. So my takeaway, if you can make a retreat, do it because oh, it was so much better than I had expected it to be. Fantastic. There we go. Duly noted, young man. Duly noted. Uh, well, my tool of the week was much less fun. Um, oh, and there's my dog expressing an opinion. Good Lord. Ah, Mrs. L is coming home, I'm assuming. Uh, no, that's, that's, uh, that is Spice, uh, the dog number one. Uh, she's looking out of the door or the window. Uh, and something has walked past or she believes that something has walked past. So, excuse me, Spice. Enough. Go on, lie down. Go on. On your bed. On your bed. Addy. Uh, one word from me, Justin, and she does exactly what she wants. No, just don't stay by the window barking, please. Honestly. And again, the, the man of the house, Charlie, is just wandering around confused. What am I supposed to be excited about? Anyway. Uh, so uh, apologies for that, listeners. I'm sure, sure the editor will get rid of most of it, but gave me a small heart attack. Um, yes, idiots. That was my uh, tool of the week. So uh, regular listeners will remember Chicago, so um, or dog number three, as she's beginning to be called. Um, when, when I found... Oh, good Lord, there go the dogs again. All right. Hang on. I... If we just take a small pause here, I, I'm going to have a quiet moment with my dogs. Stand by. Oh, oh, poor dogs. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. Are we changing uh, it from idiots to dogs? Something that can destroy your productivity. Exactly. Uh, no, it's idiots. Idiots are the thing that have had the impact on my productivity this week. Um, Chicago. When Chicago began to come into our lives, so she was coming on walks with me, uh, and the two dogs and was getting skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. And, and I, I just couldn't help but feed her. I just couldn't, couldn't stop myself. I then, once I could get close enough to, to sort of snare her, I took her down to the vet to be checked out and get some initial, um, inoculations, etc. And at the same time, um, Mrs. L was sourcing a shelter for whom we would be acting as a sort of foster parent uh, in the hope that we can get Chicago adopted. And what that meant was that the shelter suddenly wanted to take control. Oh. So they, I was called at the vet, and it's like, oh, that's brilliant. You've got the inoculation. That's great. That's fantastic. Uh, don't, don't get the dog chipped, um, and don't organise sterilisation. We will do that. Uh, oh, right. Okay, fine. Let's, let's do that then. So I took the dog home and after a week or so, um, a nice Russian boy arrived and took the dog, took her away, uh, and, and got her sterilized and chipped. And she came back. She was feeling a bit sore. She had the cone of shame for a week, but we, we managed to deal with all that. And then we visited the shelter just by chance. And the Russian boy went, oh, 
I forgot to get dog chipped. I come next week. Uh, okay, all right, fine. Um, I mean, he never did. Hmm. But then I was um, planning then on what I needed to do with the dog and how we could move everything forward. And Margaret, my wife, started conversing with the shelter again, who said, okay, well, what you need to do is um, get the chip read uh, and registered to the shelter. And I said, but your, your assistant said that he'd forgotten to, to get the chip put in. No, 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 there is chip. Right. <laughs> I can see where this is uh, going. Mm. So I said, okay. And also we need certificate for Leishmania and four DX, which is, you know, four tests. I said, okay, well, the vet did all that when I took it to, to our vet. Uh, which vet? Uh, the vet, you know, Pelicanis. Okay, okay. All right, you must get it in writing. Right, fine, okay. And given that I was taking the other two dogs down there, and it, I said, fine, okay, so I'll, I'll deal with it. So I go there and I say, can I have those tests in, write, in writing? Sure, yeah, we'll print it out. Boom. There you go. Great, thank you. Um, can we read the chip? Oh, there is a chip. Well, that's a surprise, because the boy who was supposed to put it there thought there wasn't one. Hmm, I don't know. Anyway, the shelter wants it registered to them. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, no, no, we can't do that. Right. Um, why can't you do that? Uh, well, it's not our chip. We didn't put it there. Hmm. All right. Makes sense, I guess. So the shell, which shelter is, oh, it's uh, her. Okay. I phone her. So every vet in the place has got this woman on speed dial. Okay, fine. So chat, chat, chat. Phone is passed to me. What you need is you need to go to the Mukhtar, which is what we call the sort of village headman here. And he needs to write you a letter saying that you found the dog on so-and-so date and that nobody has come in looking for the dog. Uh, it's unchipped. It's now being chipped and registered to the shelter. You just need all of that in a, in a nice letter. Right. Okay. So um, I didn't really need to come here at all, did I? Well, yes, I needed the results. I said, well, you could have phoned and got them yourself. Oh, yes, I suppose I could. Mm. Right. Okay. So... I, being me, I was, I was now on a mission. <laughs> so, right. Okay, dog, come on back in. And you've got to bear in mind that, that Chicago doesn't walk on a lead. I mean, it's a full blown drag <laughs> with, with her, her doing everything in her power to resist. So anyway, get her back into the car, drive up to the Mukhtar's office. Right. I need this, 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 this English or Greek, Greek, go boom, 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 print, bang, boom, 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 done. back down to the vets. There you go. There's your letter. Oh, no, no, um, no, no, we still can't do it. Right, okay, so another phone call. Okay, I have the letter here. Right, so now we get the chip registered. Uh, mm, yeah, there's a problem with that. They won't register it. So the phone now goes back to the vets. Who explained to her? And she goes to me, oh, yes, silly me. <laughs> you have to send the letter to me. <laughs> okay, great. Cool, thanks. Um, and so essentially I spent, I did sort of four trips and the morning went just on fool's errands. 
I mean, they're completely pointless. Had had this woman sat down for two minutes, she could have achieved all of it on the telephone. <laughs> Particularly as she as she knows all the people concerned. Anyway, I I just thought, right, fine, it's okay. I'm going to do some tai chi, which is my new thing. Oh, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna chill and, and let this flow over me. Uh, but it did essentially take out a whole day mm-hmm. um, dealing with this idiot. How far away is your town? where the vet is from your place uh we, uh we go to a village called episcopi uh, which is about sort of 15 minutes uh, i suppose 12 minutes straight down so oh, not too bad we're at about yeah we're at about 500 meters uh it's down on the coast so no it's not bad um but uh it feels a bit unnecessary when you do it sort of four times in the morning you know mm. i really would have preferred to do this once <laughs> constructively and get everything done that anyway with a dog that doesn't necessarily enjoy car rides and uh human uh companionship that much well and the other two dogs were were getting groomed so at one point my little nissan march had three dogs in in it one which was you know definitely not happy to be there charlie who is um well he's just he loves being out uh he Jack Russells, you, in the UK, you would traditionally see them. You see them with guys who've got white vans. And that's where he wants to be. He really wants to be working with a builder or a plumber or a, a window cleaner or some sort of contractor. Because he he, he'll sit on the dashboard if he's given the choice. <laughs> um, I, you know, I put, him, I put them all in the back and he immediately jumps onto the front seat and then he has his feet on the dashboard. Uh, he just wants to be the co-pilot. He wants to put his nose in everything. Um, if, if, if he was the only dog, then I would take him with me everywhere, I think. Um, but, but taking two or indeed three is just, just, it's far too much logistics, far too much like hard work. I can imagine. But there you go. You know, there, there was Cyprus being super, super efficient, um, and giving me all the letters I needed and all of this, all of the data that I need. Yep. You need the report. There it is. Boom, 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 boom. Unfortunately, the idiot at the other end was just asking for all the wrong things in the wrong order. Well, there you are. What can you do? You just needed a little bit of FedEx in there to really make your day perfect. Indeed. Well, the, the first call I had from FedEx, that was brilliant today. Say, like, uh, okay, we have package for you. Uh, there's duties to pay, uh, whatever it was, 65 euros. I said, why are there duties to pay? Because England is not in the EU. I said, well, I think you'll find it's the UK that's not in the EU. But um, yeah, I know. That's not where my question is coming from. But uh, this was clearly a woman who's dealt with a lot of irate um, British people over the last, I don't know, two years. Um, and she was having none of it. <laughs> she, she was not, not up for conversation at all. She was growling. But anyway, got there in the end. Ah, crazy. Ah, right. So just to, to, to nicer things, tell me about your pen and ink of the week. Oh, well, again, this is things that you think about. What pens do you travel with, Stu? This, this is a question that uh, I've been thinking of. Uh, a couple of years ago, and I think I talked about it on the show, I took an Estabrook uh, into Vancouver with me when I was there on business. And I was sitting at a restaurant doing some journaling, waiting for my food. And food came. I moved some stuff. Estabrook took a dive onto the floor and, well, it's dead. It's, it's cracked right in half and not repairable. Um, 
I keep that in mind now because when I'm going into the backwoods, I'm thinking, hmm, what pens am I going to take? So I actually did take a couple with me. Uh, I took my 823 Pilot. I took a Twisby 580 and a Lamy Studio. Uh, the 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 Pilot was a bit of a do I don't I, uh, but it's it's pretty solid. Um, but honestly, when I was sitting there, I used a, a vintage Rotring multifunction pen. It's the Rotring Quattro ballpoint pen. So it's got three colors and a pencil in there. Um, which, you know, I think was made sometime in the nineties, but it's pretty cool. Uh, but it's basically a ballpoint pen. Um, and that was kind of what I used for most of the weekend. And I was thinking about this It's like, I, cause I really enjoyed using it and I didn't have any worries about it dropping off the table or getting dirty or, you know, any of the stuff that goes along with living out in the, the backwoods. Do I need a fountain pen stew? Or is that just arrogance on my part? I must write with fountain pen. It's the word or that I have a problem with there, Justin. Um, I mean, I think the reality is, of course, you need a fountain pen. And yes, it's arrogance on your part. Um, no. <laughs> Touché. <laughs> We're all into the uh, French words today, aren't we? I, it's all happening, you know. Yes, it's like that. Um, I, I mean... I have to say that I've recently been writing with the Retro 51 because Nero is now carrying them. And oh, it's a lovely, lovely pen. It's so nice to write with. Um, and it's not a fountain pen. <gasps> um, mm -hmm. But there is, I think, always a fountain pen for the job. But there is, there is, there's admin with a fountain pen. <laughs> um you have to get the right one ready uh you have to be uh you have to be cognizant of you know whether you will need refills or whether it's going to be enough and um and you have to be as you say aware of its its relative fragility so um when i go on camino i take a fountain pen um and that's partly i suppose that you know sort of this rough and ready approach to life um living out of a tiny bag carrying everything that you need uh, it's quite nice to then pull out a pocket fountain pen with a flourish <laughs> and uh, it's a nice counterpoint i guess um so for that i tend to take uh one of my coeco sports you know one of the metal ones a brass one mm -hmm. um with a cartridge um i only go on these trips for a week so an ink cartridge is usually going to be fine and if i want to take a spare it's not exactly heavy um so i think that's a great fountain pen for you know your retreats and you know being out and about although given that you're t sort of doing the whole snail thing with the, the house on your back i mean you could probably take a you could you could take a, a display box full of pens couldn't you yeah i could um but also i i agree with you that going out of your comfort zone um so going to places that you're not familiar with um I don't know if you've noticed, I mean, I certainly have. That's where things get dropped and lost and broken. Uh, we're both probably slightly um, crazy in that everything has its space in our world and has, has where it lives. Um, and I find that once I'm outside of that space, like in a hotel, that's where I will lose a fountain pen or drop it or um, 
put it in the wrong part of my bag and not be able to find it, you know, that that type of thing. So I, I'm pretty leery about taking, you know, the Mont Blanc and that sort of thing um, on on trips where I'm traveling and packing and unpacking because I just fear that I'll misplace it. Yeah, that's, I, I mean, at, at least I'm, uh, you know, not like you in Camino with everything on my back. Everything in the back of the truck, but you know, that's pretty big. So I guess I can't really complain about that. Um, I guess one of the things that I think about too, with that is the weather mm -hmm. because stuff does freeze Sure, and ink freezes. I, I can't buy ink out here in the winter because if it goes into my mailbox, it will freeze and explode. So yeah, it's, it's a thing. So anyway, I was using the, uh, the rotring and I quite enjoyed it. It's, uh, it's it's nice to use something that's not a fountain pen. Dare I say that, Stu? Is that going to ruin everything? You can indeed. You know, I'm I'm big into my my pencils, and I've got a few pens that I like. Uh, Schoen Design sort of rollerballs, uh, spoke. You know the um, Brad Dowdy uh, collaboration. He's made some some nice rollerball pens. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I. Look, I, I I think it's fine to, to love it. I've never been the type to go, oh, it's not a fountain pen, I can't write. Um, it's just most of the time I prefer using a fountain pen, I think. I know that feeling. All right. What were you writing with this week? Uh, retro 51? What Which uh, retro were you writing with? Uh, well, I've got a limited edition one that is sold by um, uh, by the distributor in the UK. Um, who we're getting our stock for from Nero's. So um, it's sort of a bright, shocking pink, which appeals to my sort of flowery nature. Um, but it's the refill. I mean, you know, the 51 is all about the refill and it's lovely. It's just, it's inky, uh, it's smooth. It can get a little bit out of control, <laughs> that refill. You can smudge it just like you can a, a fountain pen, uh, which is probably why it appeals to me. Um, but yeah, it was just, as you say, occasionally you pick something up and you think, oh, this is really easy to write with. It's very low maintenance. What's not to like, you know? One, one piece of advice that I learned the hard way from that pen, uh, don't stick it in your pocket. No. Uh, I had put one in my pocket and it had the, the refill had extended and because it's actually a liquid ink, mm -hmm. uh, basically it wicked into my jeans. It took yep. all of all of the ink, and it said, "Oh, look, here's something that wants to suck it all up." So I was at work, and I'd slipped one into my uh, sort of front pocket, and I looked down, and I had you know a three-inch black spot, and more importantly, I had completely drained that refill of all of its ink. Yeah. Oh, was that frustrating? Yeah, it's definitely a desk pen for me, the the Retro 51. That's, you know, it's not a portable pen for me. It doesn't seem as though it would ever work that way because I think it, it does work itself open quite easily, I think. So for me, you know, if it's going in my pocket, it's probably going to be a Coeco Sport. That's, mm. um, you know, that's what it's made for. It does the job so well. Even the, you know, the the entry level ones are I don't know what what they are nineteen dollars or something, uh, great little pants, great little pants. All right, cool, cool. Stu, we've been talking for a while. We've been going into all different places. What we haven't got into is a topic. 
digital planning for 2023. We started this, we were actually going to talk about a couple of specific apps that Stu and myself were using. And well, we had to sort of curtail the discussion because both of us seem to have changed things again. <laughs> ah, Stu. Us? Surely not. What, what, are you, what are you using at the moment? Because you were using NotePlan, correct? Yeah, I was uh, giving that a run out. Um, it had lots and lots of elements that I really enjoy that sort of appeal to my, my sort of must-have list. Um, and it also had that sort of extra bit that I was interested in, in exploring about, you know, dates or what do they call them? Dated notes, um, or day notes. It had that new element of day apps or sorry, day apps, day notes, notes, uh, attached to dates, which I don't really use. Um, but I, I think it was you actually talking about agenda, but everything, oh, that, I see what, what Justin's using it for. I like the sound of that. Um, but I was really, yeah, I, I was just using it as procrastination. I mean, what I was going to say actually is that you, your show note was in first this week. And then I started writing mine and then I went, oh, I'm kind of writing the same thing that Justin's just written. But anyway, um, <laughs> I've always been prone to dropping into planning for the sake of planning. Mm -hmm. Um, it goes back to, to what we spoke about the other week, you know, where I'm, I'm sort of designing mysterious islands for role-playing games that I'm never going to play. That's what I was doing as a kid. Um, and that's where I fell out with, with OmniFocus, if you like, or never really fell in love with OmniFocus. I did a course and thought, okay, yeah, this is going to control my life. I, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be brilliant. Um, and then, you know, found, found myself spending two hours a day keeping my OmniFocus up to date. And I, I found the same thing with, with uh, Agenda, with NotePlan, both really, really good apps, but not actually fitting the workflow that I default to. And your default workflow, I think, is very difficult to change. You can tweak it a bit, but it reflects the way your, I think, your, the way your mind works. And therefore, to try and sort of revolutionize that or change that, you are, you are pushing a rock uphill. It really is quite hard work. So I sort of stepped away a bit and thought, okay, so what is my default? What I generally do? Um, and okay, we've discussed a couple of times now that um, my sort of um, realization that I needed to keep on top of tasks because, you know, I forgot to get the cars insured. So, um, for me, that's still things. Um, and with, with a little nod to you, I've, I've called it OmniFocus for normal people. Um, oh, it, <laughs> what the hell, you know, I mean, you, you've got to have a very, I think, analytical approach to, to be into OmniFocus. You've got to be going, ah, uh, yes, a weekly review of my projects. That's what I need to do right now. Um, whereas the rest of us are, are sort of, you know, rushing out the door to go and get a beer or something. Um, I, I think things is less demanding than OmniFocus. That's what I would say. But equally, <laughs> you could, you, I think you probably would make the argument and I would have sympathy with it, that OmniFocus prompts you to, to, to revisit where you are, whereas it's perfectly possible to ignore things. <laughs> just, just leave it alone for a couple of weeks, um, which is probably a bad thing in the long run. 
Um, but it, it's working for me. Um, I still use it. It's where I, uh, you know, capture things into the inbox uh, and then start moving them across into into projects and stuff. So there is a workflow there that makes sense for me. Um, and I team that up really with the calendar, uh, the stock one from from Apple. Um, it, it does enough. There, there are things about it that aren't great, but it, it shows me where my wife is half the time and it shows her where I am um, with, with shared calendars. And then I have a whole bunch of other calendars that I use for, uh, you know, the various projects, work, uh, different roles that I have. Uh, and, yeah, I, I find that, that that's my central sort of two pillars for my planning is the, the calendar and things as a task manager. Did you find that you were duplicating things in note plan? Yeah. Um, because, um, uh, there's a couple of instances I have like this where, um, there are apps that are trying to get me to use them and they will then speak to calendar. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I was saying to you about sort of, um, default workflows. Oh, so-and-so wants a meeting. I'll put it in my calendar. Oh, oh no, I should be putting it into this app that will then put it in my calendar. I just can't get myself to do that. And so that was, that was a huge duplication for me. Yeah. I think that was, uh, you know, just, just for my part of this, where I'd come from was I did a big look at, uh, all the money that I was spending, Stu, mm-hmm. these, these apps, they're all small. They don't seem that bad until you start actually adding them up. And over Christmas, I spent some time off. I was kind of looking at some of the tools that I used more importantly, I was looking at the costs that were, that I was paying for them because everything is a subscription base now. Sure. And I sort of reevaluated my utility cost relationship with them. Um, so just off the bat, things that didn't make it to me were Fantastical. That was 70 bucks a, a year. A website hosting for one of the websites, you know, that was 20 bucks a month. Uh, Drafts Pro. Well, I didn't use any of the Pro features. That was twenty-five bucks a year. Agenda was uh, almost forty bucks a year, so mm-hmm. that was expensive. Uh, paid VPN. Uh, I had a separate VPN that I was running. Have been running for a number of years. That ching seventy bucks. There you go. Every year you don't think about it. And I realized that um, setup, which I do use and has value for. I looked at that. Can I get rid of it? because of the issues that I had with it. I I still think it provides more utility for the apps that are really good. They have a free VPN in there. All right. So I'm going to switch that way. Do they? They do. Okay. So, you know, and, and I very rarely am out of the office working in a coffee shop anymore, you know? So it's like, okay, how much utility am I getting out of that? But agenda was an interesting one. Uh, because I'm actually paid up till later this year. I've got months and months on it. Still have it on my computer. But what I found was my workflow. And I think Stu's nailed it with the fact that it's hard to teach old dog new tricks. Right, Stu? Yeah, indeed. Um, what I ended up doing was I got some automations in agenda that allowed me to import and export. I could, I could put things in my OmniFocus at the same time I was putting them in agenda. Mm-hmm. Great. But now what I've done is I then have to go and manage those in my OmniFocus as a task later in the day. Um, I have to check off 
did I do it here? And did I do it here? And all of a sudden I'm managing two systems and I just wasn't getting the utility out of it. I really like the date note idea from agenda. Um, but honestly, I'm not in enough long-term scheduled meetings that I could be working on that. If you had a true corporate jobby job where you've got committees and meetings and, you know, those things that big organizations like to, you know, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling bored, hold a meeting, you get donuts. Um, you know, if I, if I was in something like that, where I had notes that I wanted to keep for a meeting that was weeks away and on a specific day, that would have been great. I just don't do enough of that to justify it. And I've got other ways that I, I can keep my notes. Uh, so I looked at it and I just thought, okay, I'm, I'm, adding extra workflow, an extra barrier to my workflow, just to use this really cool tool that allows me to do this one task that I don't do very often, occasionally. And the utility of that quickly, when you stop and think about it and you get away from the, this is a really cool tool. This is really pretty. This is fun to use it's extra work. And I'm not sure about you, but I really don't want to do any extra work. <laughs> uh, so I, 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 I sort of uh, moved away from it back to, as Stu would say, my, my default workflows. Yeah. It's, it's interesting what you say, because that, that sort of logic applies um, very exactly to, to an app that I've been using. We spoke about it on the show before um, I was trialing CRMs. Mm -hmm. and I ended up plumping for one called Daylight um, out of Canada. Um, and it's, you know, it's very Mac-centric, so that, that appeals. Um, it, you know, links into iOS as well, which is great. It means I'm, I'm always connected. Um, and just as almost exactly as you said, if I was leading a sales drive and I was building a client base and that was my full-time committed role. This thing's great. Um, it links into my email. So when I get an email from a client, it attaches it to the client record. Uh, it updates the client record of when we've had contact about what it prompts me to create actions. You know, it does all of those things that you would want to manage both a sales funnel and a, you know, a customer relations funnel, if you like. And it's brilliant, except I don't use it. Oh, because most of the time I'm not trying to build that business. I'm, uh, well, I'm playing golf, or I'm trying to build the other business, or this year I'm focused, you know, on my health and doing uh, not the minimum. That would be unfair, but but you know, keeping the businesses ticking over rather than looking to lean into them and grow. And so it's a brilliant tool. I love it. It's fantastic, but I just don't use it. <laughs> um, and it costs, it costs money. You know, it's, uh, it's probably, uh, agenda per month, if you like. <laughs> so, um, you're thinking, well, I'm thinking, yeah, that kind of needs to take a break until I'm prepared to turn around and say, okay, you know, I, I now I'm going to build the customer base and the pipelines and all of that good salesy type stuff, but to try and sort of manage it um, you know, dipping in once a week or once a fortnight and going, oh, where am I? Sure, it's great to be able to go, oh, look, here's the thing that shows me where I am. 
but it's a lot of money to just do that. I could, I could keep track of things on an Excel sheet, really. Mm. That would be free. So, um, mm, well, technically mm. not. If you use numbers, it would be free. Excel, you're still paying for us to Yeah, sure. But I don't have any choice because everybody else has it. Oh, well, I, I, I know it's just, I, do you find that the whole subscription model is just expensive? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, it's grinding now. I mean, and you know, I understand if you look at every subscription individually, they all make perfect sense. And, um, you know, for developers, I think it's a great model. Um, and I understand that, you know, they're working on the app and they want to improve it. And if they're keeping up their end of the bargain, that's great. But there's also the point where they will diverge away from how I use the app. So the improvements, the things that their super duper app does, I'm thinking, well, I don't need. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure I want to pay for them. And it's it's that whole cumulative thing. As you say, there are some – I've been going through the same sort of um, approach where, where I've been looking at things like, you know, LinkedIn. I, I had LinkedIn Premium, which – it's about the, the price of a small car um, so that I can see who's looking at my profile. Essentially, I think that's, that's what it offers me. And lots of in-mails. I'm thinking, well, when I get an in-mail, I just ignore it. So I'm sure everybody else does too. So, um, you know, things like that. Uh, the Microsoft Office or whatever it's now called, 365 or I can't remember what it's called. But, you know, my wife needs it and I need it. She's got no idea how it happens. It just appears on her iPad. That's, you know, she's, she's happy. But, um, yeah, paying, paying for all of these things again and again every year. And as you say, my actual usage is pretty much, um, well, it, it's driven by other, other users. People want me to to look at Excel. And yeah, I know you can translate Excel into numbers and then back again. I, I know you can do that, but it's a little bit clunky. Mm -hmm. um, and clients don't like it if you sort of mess about with their Excel sheets too much, I've noticed. Um, uh, what else have I got? You know, bookkeeping. So using electronic bookkeeping systems, they're great. They're really convenient. Um, uh, no offense intended, but they're better than paying a bookkeeper for you know, stuff that, frankly, the bookkeeper doesn't want to do either because it's so basic. Um, but, you know, they're gradually creeping up in price. So, you know, I, I look at the sort of monthly cost of these things and I think, wow. What's happened is that some idiot like me has gone in and done a seminar to them about value pricing. And they've gone, oh, wow, we could charge more. Uh, and, and now that's what they're doing. So it's still a lot cheaper than hiring a, a human to do it, but it's not as cheap as it used to be. That's for sure. Um, and there is a lot of those sort of quasi inescapable um, subscriptions, which I think then make the, the ones that are more discretionary, they make you think about them a little bit more. And as a consequence, if you start thinking about them, inevitably, I think you start, you know, um, knocking some of them off, but, before, before we get completely negative, um, here's some ones that I'm still using. So um, I still use um, Obsidian for notes. Um, and I also use Paper, um, which is an app I've mentioned before, which is, again, it's a bit overpriced. Um, but it's gorgeous. It's just so nice. Um, and um, the, the developer very kindly offered me a, um, a sort of free 
iOS subscription to to match in with my my Mac one, um, which is great. Apart from the fact that it's it's only really the Mac one that I write on, so um, I, that that's definitely an indulgence because I've got through setup I've got Ulysses, which is a brilliant writing app. Um, I've also got ones that I've bought in the past, so IA Writer, another very good one. Um, the key for me is they all write in Markdown or txt files so the files are mine they're on my hard drive they're small uh, i can get to them they've probably got pretty good longevity um and i can access them from all sorts of apps uh so obsidian sort of slots into that but i'm not using obsidian uh as much as i was about to say should why should i um i'm not using the power of obsidian um, because I'm not thinking in that way that perhaps is again outside of my default. <laughs> um, I think you and I have, have both said, you know, neither of us sits there and goes, aha, I must link this note to that note I took six weeks ago. Or let me search for the word strategy so that I can link it and tag it. And um, I don't tend to think like that. Um, and therefore don't really use that sort of, functionality um but then again obsidian is not lots of money so i'm okay with that for the moment um ones that i'm really really happy with um there's a service called Tripit. i don't know if you've come across Tripit. i've heard about it but i don't go anywhere so yeah. <laughs> well for, for quite a few years that's been true of me too um but yeah i'm i'm putting together uh camino 23 so Ooh. the final push um, which will be happening in October, um, uh, as long as, well, I, I need to lose at least a couple of dress sizes. Um, <laughs> I think Stu could probably go, he's a little concerned about his fitness. He's got an ACL issue, which I'm, I'm sure is something to do with a university in America or possibly a muscle. I'm, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> and uh, just having uh, what it does is it manages itineraries so i've been looking at the route we're going to walk um first of all i live in i live uh, people know i live on cyprus but getting from a sort of holiday-ish place to another holiday-ish place is the devil's own work so so there's there's no direct flights for me to northern spain uh which is fine um but some of the ways that there are to get there are pretty convoluted and a lot of the flights greatly reduce um in october which is when we're planning to walk so um i'm flying i've to get there i've got two single tickets i'm flying from uh cyprus to paris and then from paris to northern spain um and it's two sort of low-cost airlines so it's self-transfer which is another way of saying, oh boy, if it goes wrong, it really goes wrong. Um, the airline has, no airline has got any obligation to get me anywhere, essentially. So if I get to Paris too late, I've got to sort of scratch my head and find another way to get to Northern Spain. So that'll be exciting. Um, and then coming back, I have to go back via London Gatwick. So I'm flying north from Spain to London to then hang around for a several hours in fact um before getting on a plane to to come back south but hey that's that's the way it works but when i get all the reservations come through on the email confirmations i just forward them to trip it 
And when I've been looking at accommodation, I've been using various booking sites, like booking.com or the, um, uh, the venues themselves. And they send me back a confirmation. I send it to flip it, uh, just forward the email. And then it gives me a nice, pretty presentation that says on Friday, you're flying from here to here at this time. At that time, this is reservation number. Um, this is your baggage allowance. This is all the data that you want, blah, blah, blah. Um, on this night, you're staying here and you're doing that. It's just all in one place. And I can access it on my phone, which is the only thing I'll have with me when I go on Camino. So um, very, very cool. If you're traveling, if you're not, pretty useless. Um, Zotero, which I've mentioned before, this is TJ, the great TJ from 1857 put me onto this one because um, he's, you know, hangs out in the world of academia. Um, it's a referencing tool. So um, all of my whinging and whining about the Harvard referencing system, Zotero does it for me. And uh, in a conversation, I was the whinging and whining or the referencing? <laughs> the, the referencing predominantly. I mean, it may do some whinging and whining if I ask. Um, but apparently it's got a really good notes section as well. So I'm going to investigate that because it's, it's my dissertation time is coming for me. So um, that's always an opportunity to wander around and say, how am I going to organize myself? Which is a great way of avoiding actually doing the work. Um, daylight i think we just covered that you know i'm, I'm not sure that's gonna survive that may need to go on hold uh hey email there's one there's one that we haven't spoken about for a while mm -hmm. are you still using that yeah i've been quietly sort of bumbling along in it for my um my Stuart lennon emails so my sort of personal domain if you like um i still use a, a sort of a sort of uh split system so the corporate stuff for the consultancy business goes into good old um uh mail.app from apple mm -hmm. um for the client that has me sort of on the books um i'm i have the mighty microsoft outlook um the problem with that is of course having everything switched off means that you know i never see any of the emails or teams notifications oops um and then Everything else, Nero's and my personal stuff, goes into hay. Um, and, you know, it's getting quietly, it's getting getting a lot better. You know, they add little features and functions here and there. Um, it's very, very reliable these days. But it is a different way of using email. Um, and uh, it's jarring. I mean, you found it jarring, I found it jarring. I, I stuck with it. Um, I couldn't use it for corporate stuff because... That sort of oh, all of all of my email is there somewhere approach just just scares me a little bit. But for private, um, I I find it it's perfectly acceptable, and it means I can I can sort of hive away all of the uh, transactional stuff and all of the um, newslettery type stuff into different sort of flows, um, and it's really easy to manage for me. And I quite like the way it almost scrolls like a timeline. Um, so I'm I'm still really enjoying that. I'm I'm comfortable with that. But as I say, I'm not sure it'll ever be corporate for me. Uh, social media, well, okay. I'm surprised it hasn't collapsed now that I've left. But give it time, I suppose. Exactly. You're you're not missing it at all. You're you're comfortable reading books and enjoying life. Uh, yeah, no, I'm really happy with all that. There's one aunt that I can't get in touch with, um, because, uh, every time I ask anybody in my family for the phone number, 
um, it's a different number. Um, and I used to contact her on Facebook Messenger. So um, I could try and find a solution that I'm going to contact her daughter. And Kerry, if you're out there, I will be in touch. Um, and hopefully I can get in touch with her there. But no, that's it. I don't miss, uh, I don't miss news because I'm not really keeping up with any news. Um, you're married. You'll find out when the important stuff comes. Uh, exactly. Um, and I find out about a lot of unimportant stuff too. Um, uh, what I guess is important to her. Um, but no, social media, no. Uh, no, no desire to go back to it at all. Um, that that said, you know, um, we do have some lovely listeners with whom I'm having sort of correspondence on email. And um, there's a Slack attached to stuartlandon.com where I've been sort of leathering away and people are sort of humouring me to a certain extent. So I guess I'm sort of having conversation there that maybe used to be a, a social media thing for me. But um, no, I'm not missing the big names at all. How's your social media world going? I'm really good. I'm down to apps just on, on the computer. Uh, I don't really use it that much. Uh, again, if anything important comes up, uh, I'm usually informed. So, you know, I, I, I have it there once in a while. Um, I spent more time in YouTube over the last couple of weeks playing around learning it than mm -hmm. I have it a long time. So... I guess that's a little bit of social media, but, uh, you know what? I'm having fun doing that. So it's all good, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty comfortable with my level of social media consumption. I haven't done a stew and nuked at all. Uh, but it's not really a concern for me at this point. Uh, weirdly looking where I am is looking at, uh, what I was actually doing and where I was doing it. And trying to come up with a system that works and mine is very very simple for most of the stuff that i need um most of the correspondence and notes that i need personal notes they're going in a notebook i'm i'm writing i'm sitting there with my fancy little light that gives me uh, all kinds of you know vitamin d and mm -hmm. makes me feel good in the morning so i'm i'm sitting there writing so basically anything personal is going in a notebook i've still haven't decided if i'm going to go stew and throw it away once i'm done with it uh, but uh, you know what it's a good place to get my notes out and if i need them i can get them for work stuff most of the stuff that i can do so agenda for example was for me to capture notes that I needed in a future date. And really I'm, I spend my time in OmniFocus. I can put notes in OmniFocus, review this on this day. And here's a section for all my notes. So I could do that. And I find that just works better because one less app for me to use. Uh, I still write a lot of stuff within drafts. I just archive that. I've got a lot of search keys. I've got bear on my computer which uh, mm -hmm. this is one that unfortunately is likely to go the way of the other subscription-based services. But I've got a bunch of blog stuff in there that I want to make sure I've got uh, exports of yep. uh, into a proper format that I can get. And I haven't nuked that yet. Um, I've got, so I, I went into, I tried to use a Notion. Remember Notion, Stu? Mm. Uh, I tried to go into that the other day and I haven't opened it for a while, but I had to log in, which meant I had to open my uh, password manager and get the login from there. And I just thought, you know what, if I can't get that on my desktop, 
so that the default is that I see it and maybe it doesn't sync if I'm not logged in. But if the first firewall is you can't even look at this app on your desktop sure, because you're not logged in, that is so scary to me. So that's kind of gone. Obsidian, I'm kind of having the same thought. I know that's a little bit there on your, it's, it's text files. Do I really need those? I don't do a lot of this linking. I don't do a lot of these big thinking stuff, partially because if I'm writing anything for most stuff, it's train of thought writing that I'm doing. I'm not researching and linking things. Um, everybody that's trying to tell me how good uh, Obsidian is, is generally a content creator that is putting things together for articles or for, you know, whatever content they're doing. Mm -hmm. I, and just for, you know, a normal sort of guy that works with numbers, there's not a lot in there that really relates to each other or that needs to relate that, you know, a lot of the stuff that I deal with once it's dealt with, it's ephemeral, it's gone. I've got an Excel spreadsheet that lives in a folder. Should I need to go back and find it? Um, so I'm really kind of pushed away from that. So really I'm just down to, uh, OmniFocus drafts and then the permanent notes. I've gone back to Apple notes and I, I may have mentioned this a little while ago that it was something that I hadn't looked at for a while. I've set up a folder system in there. I've got some shared folders, one with uh, Stu, one with Stu and TJ, one with Mrs. T. Uh, but a lot of the stuff is just living in there because it works everywhere. Um, and it's quick on any device that you've got. So I've really simplified what I'm using. I'm, I'm not really using a PKM. I'm trying not to use external logins and external databases. Uh, just, you know, settle down with a notebook and perhaps a fountain pen or a regular pen, because we still haven't decided on that after our conversation earlier. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I'm pretty happy with where I am now as far as note-taking Stu. Good. The analog stuff works for me. I guess I'm old. <laughs> well, we're both that. So what's your takeaway from it all, Justin? My takeaway is, if you can, avoid the attraction of the new and fancy, unless you actually admit that you enjoy it and it's a hobby. If you call it a hobby, that yes, I'm looking with all this stuff, I want to try this, I want to try that, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But don't make your system that you rely on more complicated than it needs to be. The tool isn't the work. The, we, the work needs to get done without the tool. So find the simplest way to get the work done. How about you, Stu? What's your, what's your thoughts on, on our conversation about notes apps? Yeah, I mean, look, I think the bottom line is, is similar, really. But, you know, a, a hungry salesman with a pencil will outsell an organized, unmotivated one with a laptop every single time. It's, it's not about the systems. It's not about the tools. It's about the motivation, the focus, the drive. And then the tools, if you like. But uh, it's those first things that are important. And, you know, creating a PKM because everybody else is or working in a PKM because everybody thinks you should as Justin says, there's something to that. If you're specifically targeting a certain type of 
uh, creation or output. Uh, there's, you know, very strong arguments for it and it's great. And, you know, I do it to a certain extent. But at the end of the day, it's all about the output and where you do that doesn't matter. Merlin Mann would tell you, you can just write a TXT file. Mm -hmm. And he's probably right. That he is. All right, Stu. I know you're off a lot of the internet. Where can people find you in the parts that you're still on? Yeah, well, you can still find me at my own website, stuartlennon.com. Um, and if you want to, if you want to drop me an email, but please do at hello at stuartlennon.com or you can email Justin and I at stationaryadjacent at gmail.com. What about you, Justin? Where can people still find you? Well, uh, my my website is justintwyford.com. More importantly, please go to my YouTube channel, Beyond Your Front Door. Uh, like and subscribe, watch. You know, it's getting me excited to actually get some engagement and some comments and all that stuff. It's fun. New shiny. Gets me all excited. Yeah. Oh, bit of fun. It's great. It's a great little place. My, my takeaway doesn't actually apply because, oh, yeah, I'm calling it a hobby and it's fine. I'm playing with a hobby. There you go. That's my excuse hmm. for that. All right. Our next uh, topic is going to be on the great resignation and what that means for the return to work, for layoffs, for the future of work, especially, well, an interesting time at the moment so that'll be an interesting one to see what Stu's perspective is compared to my North American perspective ah uh, yeah well you know me Justin I don't, everybody just go on holiday it's fine don't worry ah yes the Cypriot way <laughs> all right Stu until then goodbye and stay productive yes us <laughs>